welcome to the Destination Begin podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. I've lost over 250 pounds. I've started my life over multiple times and managed to find humor, lessons, and joy in the process. And now I'm here sharing those stories with you. Thanks for joining me. Hi, hi. Welcome to the episode. It's been a couple of weeks since I last did a podcast, and that's because I've been taking a little time to just kind of be in my own space, in my own head. Um, the last episode that I published was about my bikini show, which was three weeks ago this weekend, and I haven't done a podcast since. And that's because I've been experiencing the pendulum swing. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that today, just kind of what I've learned over the past three weeks and as it relates to the bikini show And then I'm going to kind of move on from that experience, but um, I really think it's been interesting learning from me, and I feel like there's some value in sharing my experience, not to mention a lot of you have been so kind to keep up with my prep and cheered me on during my show. I just, the, the comments, the encouragement, the amazing messages that I've gotten from listeners here of the podcast and on Instagram has just been just mind-blowing to me how loving and kind and gracious and supportive the perfect strangers a lot of you I've never met at all you've just cheered me on and made me feel so supported and loved in a journey that was you know very personal I did it for reasons that were just very much for me and yet cheered on by so many so thank you so I want to talk about it a little bit. I, I did the podcast last time in St. Louis right after the show when I was still fresh from the experience. And, um, you know, three weeks is is a chunk of time. And I feel like I'm kind of back to normal. So 20 weeks of prep for the bikini show involving very closely monitored calories, macros, and toward the end, not even the calories and macros, but the types of food. So instead of being able to just say, you know, if it fits your macros, eat it, um, which we didn't really do a lot of that. But, you know, we had a lot more more rigidity the last six weeks and for sure the last three weeks on what kinds of foods. So there are foods that are protein, but they might be more difficult for your body to digest and therefore lead to some bloat. There may be um, some foods that are take calories for your body to process, so they're better to keep your hunger down. And um, just also the process of understanding what certain types of carbs do. So if I'm having carbs one day, for instance, we need to see if I bloat or have a response to oats as compared to rice or just, you know, if sweet potatoes or something that I can have that... Um, digest easily and don't make me sleepy. Things like that. That's how precise a lot of the prep diet was. And overall, there were, you know, no cheats. There were no eat. There wasn't much eating out, and there was no alcohol. There was no junk food. Though there were certainly moments where I ate things off the plan that I shouldn't have. And there were days when you know my coach said, "Hey, you can have a refeed meal and go eat whatever you want, or go eat a lot of carbs." But for the most part, 99% of 20 weeks was vigilant, consistent counting of calories and macros and eating according to a very structured plan. 
which I really fell into step with. Um, I like structure. I like control. Most of the time, I'm not one to eat a lot of junk food. I don't eat a lot of desserts and stuff. I've managed my weight. Um, you know, I've, I've managed my weight for a long time. So I've always known that involved not eating certain things. You know, my rule of you can have anything you want, just not everything you want all the time. And so it wasn't like it was totally new to me, but this was a level of rigidity and consistency that I had never um, really adhered to before. And so it really became a lifestyle you know, from January until early May. That's a large chunk of time, and it just became a lifestyle. And um, so really, really crazy to find yourself, the show is over, and boom, you go eat whatever you want. And, you know, obviously we did. We went to town eating anything and everything. And I just specifically went on a, a, a feeding frenzy of what can I get my hands on? There wasn't even any really, I mean, after I did have donuts right away after the show, which was the greatest, so the greatest donuts I've ever had because of the setting, the situation and how long it had been. But, um, it just became a feeding frenzy essentially that night of the show. And then the next day, um, we went to brunch, Amanda and Selena and I, and we had a wonderful time just laughing. All the pressure was off. There was just laughing and talking and, um, both Amanda and I had, We'd had our emotional ups and downs and, uh, you know, terse words to each other and to other people. And, um, you know, our moods were really affected um, with the anxiety and the stress and all of the things, you know, arriving in St. Louis. It was just a lot. And so Sunday, it was so wonderful to just enjoy and laugh. And we were able to hug and laugh and and share our, our experience a little bit more. And we ordered all the things. We went to brunch and they had a special brunch menu at this beautiful restaurant that Amanda had been lucky enough to find reservations for our Selena. I forget who did it. I didn't do it. They did it. They're amazing. Um, and we're like, yes, we here's the menu. And we just kind of looked at it and said, yes, please. And so we got basically everything on the menu and shared it. And it was del- it was delicious. There were tater tots and um, eggs Benedict and waffles and bacon and enjoyed this really decadent meal. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to have kind of what I want today, but then I'm going to get right back on the straight and narrow tomorrow because I don't feel good when I eat crap like that. So indeed I flew home. I got a little baggie of Doritos. I got a little baggie of, I don't remember what I got, little vending machine sized treats of things that I hadn't had, um, felt like garbage. (laughs) but worth it. Got home, immediately walked down to my favorite taco joint with Oscar and had chips and guac and tacos. And I'd been just dreaming of eating there and, um, and, and went to bed feeling full and satisfied and pretty sick, but just, okay, I got that out of my system. But then I started thinking like, oh, there was all these other things that I really liked that I hadn't had. And well, oh, well, I'm just, you know, back to my strict eating. And so that did not work. (laughs) I'm just being really honest. I was like, all right, right back to normal. Well, there was just a part of my brain that was released. My lizard brain, my pig was out of the cage. And because of the hyper strictness, the, the pendulum swung wildly the other way, wildly the other way. And I found myself just in a war in my head, knowing 
I'm going to feel like garbage if I eat that ice cream, but I want the ice cream and I can have that ice cream. There's no reason why I can't have that ice cream. I can have a couple of days, just a couple of days of eating whatever I want and then I'll get back on it. And that is how things um, went. I would string together half a day of, you know, eating things I knew made me feel good and then just go nuts. And I felt really out of control, but also I knew, you know, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. So it took me a lot of effort to just manage all of that noise in my head. And here I was back to familiar territory of fighting with food, fighting my lizard brain, not being, not caring, you know, having a show and a bikini to put on a stage. That's the highest level of care that I've ever had. Like I want to follow my rules because I got to put on a bikini and stand in public and stick my butt out. You know, what's my why? That's a pretty big one. Well, that was done. So I felt like I don't have a why, kind of a why bother. But I did know that it was important not to go nuts because my body's really sensitive to any fluctuation after such hardcore dieting. And yet, um, I just continued to struggle. Um, got home on a Sunday night and was really excited because my son and my niece came to visit. So my son, Stephen, came from North Carolina my niece, uh, Sam, came from Minnesota with her boyfriend, and they all three were here for just two and a half days, a really quick visit, but it was wonderful to have them here. We went to the beach. We went out to eat. I was determined to not go crazy and eat garbage, and um, the minute we sat down to eat, it was like, I never get to eat this food. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm paying for it. I'm going to enjoy it, and so I, I, we went to Benihana, the kids love Benihana. In Minnesota, we used to go to Benihana as a family whenever there were birthdays. And usually we would go in April to celebrate my mom's birthday, my brother's birthday, and kind of Easter. And um, my aunt and uncle would come up from Iowa and we would all go to Benihana, sit around the big table, watch the chef do his little cooking show, and eat that. And the kids loved it. And Samantha specifically loved the sushi. So here we are in Miami trying to figure out where I'm going to take them to eat that's special. And ultimately, they wanted to go to Benihana when I suggested it because of the nostalgia. So I was really excited to do that. So we went to Benihana, which is not necessarily um, high-class food, but it's also not terrible. It's really good. They cook everything with tons of fat. It's amazing. Um, and so I'm like, eh, I'm going to eat it. But that led my my lizard brain to say, well, I've already eaten all of that. I may as well eat all the junk food that I bought for the kids. So here's me cramming cookies and Cheetos down my belly, feeling like crap, feeling completely out of control. I reverted back to behaviors that I had four years ago when I found Never Binge Again, when I found freedom from my binge eating. I was right back down at the bottom. And no one was more surprised than me because, you know, while I... While I don't have it all figured out all the time, I haven't fought um, like this before. I haven't been in the throes of binge eating cycles ever again. And it was a huge lesson to me that, you know, restricting your eating to that degree is dangerous because it doesn't allow for you to live in a way that you can sustain for the rest of your life and therefore in my experience and now my recent experience, a binge will happen. And I mean, I have not binged like that in, I don't even know how long. I mean, honestly, I don't think about binging 
Um, I've, I've figured out my food rules to such a degree that I, I truly have found ways to eat for the rest of my life. And then we changed it. And for 20 weeks, I ate a way that I could not sustain forever. And when that was over, it was crazy. It's been crazy. And that and then the hormones from the change of the diet and the massive just change in lifestyle, all of it just kind of came together. So um, the first week after show, I just continued on this little cycle of having a day where I, you know, ate healthy foods, felt good, stayed within my normal calorie range, um, drank a lot of water, started to see that bloat go away. And then the next day, I'd fall face first into something delicious. And then the shame blanket of, wow, you really suck. Wow, you did this show. You stood on stage. Look at me. I conquered all of my obesity. And now here you are with caramel corn stuck in your hair. You're a fraud. You're an utter fraud. You, what, are you, what are you doing? You don't have anything figured out. And the shame was really, really difficult. All while people were saying, how was your show? You look amazing. You look amazing. I can't believe what an incredible triumphant victor you are. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, I'm a fraud. I'm a piece of crap. And I don't have anything figured out. And I just ruined my body. It's never going to bounce back. Um, just, it, it was really tough. And I had planned on doing two more shows. I had planned on coming home and uh, um, just staying on prep and doing two more shows. One two weeks later and one another um, two weeks later. So the 22nd of May and then June 5th. And so after my show in St. Louis, I immediately knew I did not want to do another show. The experience just felt so complete. And I thought, I don't, I don't need to do this again. I've done this. I, I don't know what merit there would be in doing it again. You know, I'm not, I'm not competitive. I'm not going to win or place. I'm not doing it to see if I can do better. I, in fact, my body won't be better in two weeks. So why would I do it except for the experience of standing on stage? And I've already had it. I don't need to do it again. And so that was a relief, but that also kind of changed up my plan of why I don't really know what to do. And when I don't have an eating plan or at least a general guideline set up, I, you know, I'm like, I feel like everyone else, everything, my lizard brain wins all the wars. And so when the kids left, I'm like, all right, back to day one. And I had a really nice day one where I ate nice, um, again, food that made me feel good. I feel good when I eat lean meats and I eat lots of vegetables and I count what I'm eating and I'm calculated about it and I balance my food. I feel good. Not to the prep level, but just in general life. And then Randy came to town. A lot of you know Randy. He's been on the podcast with me before. Um, When I was in Minnesota, I lived with him. We were a couple. And when I moved to Miami, um, you know, I, I just the fact that I live in Miami, he lives in Minnesota, um, our relationship turned into a friendship. And so I hadn't seen him um, in a long time, but he had some time off and um, planned to come down to Miami and enjoy some of his vacation. And, you know, we are very good friends and full of love and respect for each other forever. And so I was like, sure, come on down. So it was great when he arrived he eats clean, he lifts, he lives a healthy lifestyle. We bonded over that when we lived together. So it was easy. It was like, all right, this is great. Now I've got someone else to cook healthy food with. And if I go out to eat, you know, we're going to go eat healthy food and we're going to lift. And so that's exactly what we did. We had a wonderful couple of days um, of just 
getting back to um, catching up on everything in each other's lives and lifting and eating clean. It was great. And then I started to feel stressed out because I had someone in my space and I have 683 square feet. I was still feeling like I wanted to eat all the things that I'd been missing out on, but I'd already gotten back on track and I was thinking, when's the next time I'm going to get to have tacos? I didn't get to have tacos. I didn't get to have donuts from the Salty Donut in Wynwood. When am I going to do that? And I just, I, I couldn't stop fixating on it. And it led to me just starting to slide back into more binging. Protein popcorn I got that I was going to start promoting because I loved it turned into a binge food. Can't promote it. Can't have it in my house. I ate all of it. So all of a sudden I'm just back into the shame cave. And this time there's someone here who I feel like I have to hide it from. And so um, my brain was just on fire. On fire. Shame, guilt. The scale went up. I stopped weighing myself because um, I couldn't bear to look at it. And I just had to sit down and start from square one. Square one for me is not looking at the scale, but instead making lists, physical lists on paper with a pen. Why am I valuable? Why do people love me? Why do I love me? And get my brain off of food and back onto what matters in my life, which is what I offer to the world, what I offer to myself. My body size and my weight do not factor into my value. And I spent this prep time fixated on numbers in the scale for the process, which I'm not saying it was a bad process. I'm not saying I shouldn't have done it. I'm not saying it's a terrible thing. What I'm saying is it's not sustainable and nobody thinks it is. But you have to go in knowing that the other side of it is going to be also extreme. And I knew that logically and I'd been told, but it still was absolutely mind-blowing. I mean, we're talking about, my brain just felt it was on fire all the time. There was never a quiet moment. I had no peace. And so I had to read my list, say my list. I had to put a little sticker thingy on my scale that covered up the number in case I was tempted to step on it. And just write on there that I'm lovable. I'm valuable. I'm enough. And it took absolute conscious effort to start to shut the voices off in my head, to shut the lizard brain down and get back to Kristen. The Kristen that never used to freak out like that about food and tie her value to the scale. Well, not never, but for many years. So all that to say, it took a lot of work. And as the days went by, it got a little easier. Um, And then I realized, you know what? There's a couple of things I want to eat that I have missed, that I haven't had in 20 weeks. I want tacos from this one specific taco place. And I want to go to the Salty Donut, which is my favorite donut place in Miami. And I haven't eaten there since January, right before my prep. The last thing I had before I started prep was the Salty Donut on New Year's. So I thought, you know what? I'm just not done. I'm going to have those two things and then I'll be done. And so it was wonderful to go have tacos, have Randy with me, go enjoy that restaurant, and then go to the Salty Donut, have my donut, my donuts. And I truly felt like, okay, I'm done. 
And now I can go back to my life, my lifestyle, where I know when I eat donuts. I have a food rule around donuts. My food rule around donuts, in case any of you want to know. I don't bring donuts into my house. I don't buy random donuts. I plan a donut party once a month. And I go somewhere. I order as many donuts as I want there. I stay there. And I try them all, eat donuts until I'm done. And then they either are thrown away or given away. I do not bring them with me. That episode is done. And I love it. Because that's how I love donuts. I want to try them all. And ideally, I'm doing it with someone else. And that's how I want donuts. I don't want to eat a gas station donut. Or a donut I happen to see that's kind of stale and it's just a donut and I love it. I want the best donut. I want the donut I'm looking forward to. And I want—I don't want just one donut. I want to I wanna cut a little wedge out of 10 donuts. That's what I want. So that is what I do. And when I know that any time during the month I can do that, I don't fixate on donuts. I don't think about it. I don't crave them because I have them once a month. That's sustainable for me. I couldn't do that for the rest of my life. So 20 weeks of not living that way... I had to take some time to get my brain back into alignment of, okay, this is how I live with balance, with my favorite foods. You know, how do I live with the fact that I love those tacos? Well, I have a food rule about how often I eat out and order whatever I want. And it's a food rule that gives me freedom from the shame, gives me freedom to eat those foods when I want them according to my rules. So all of this to say that I have had to coach myself from laying in the mud on the side of the path to stand up and start walking again because I was really stuck in the mud and I had to relearn all the skills that I learned before, all the skills I know work, I had to apply all over again. But guess what? They still work because they're truth, universal truth. And finally, after three weeks, I have peace in my head This week has been wonderful. I've been eating foods I love. I haven't been thinking about donuts because I already had them. And I know I get to have them again at my donut party. And I've gotten back to an equilibrium. The pendulum is still wiggling a little bit. But it's settled in. And I feel like myself, um, every day I just get more and more joyful. And this this is the actual fun part is I'm a joyful, happy person. I will be walking around and I will be hit with euphoria and love out of nowhere. It's like I'm on drugs. And I hadn't felt that in a long time, a little bit here or there, but you know, being on prep and being so hungry and so busy, I've been insanely busy. I just, I've been short. I've been impatient. I've been really rude in a lot of ways, just absolutely on a razor's edge. And as I have relaxed and my body has relaxed and I've started to feed my body good, clean, healthy food and in quantities to sustain my body weight instead of losing weight, everything has settled and my heart is in control again. And every day I wake up and I have more and more joy. I have more and more calm. I'm truly coming back to myself and it feels so good. And I'm like, I recognize this. I used to feel this way all day, every day. And now here it's coming again. And it's just been wonderful to feel me be me. And Amanda and I have been sending messages back and forth. We use Marco Polo, which if you don't use Marco Polo, you're missing out. I love Marco Polo. Polo. 
you record a video message and send it to your person and then they get it and they can watch it and then record one back to you. So it's like texting, but it's with video. It's like a phone call or a FaceTime, but on your own time. So if I don't have time to talk to somebody, um, or if I have a couple minutes, I can send them a Marco versus calling them and having to go into a quiet space and, you know, take the time to have a conversation. Um, I can just send them a Marco and say, hey, here's, here's what I have. What do you have? It's awesome. Anyway, as the days have gone by, both of our faces have changed. Both of our eyes have lit back up. We have just come back online because she's also had the same experience of just this big pendulum swing. So it was tough. And unfortunately, Randy's a wonderful person. He was here to just watch me go through that pendulum swing and very, very patient with me. But um, it's really nice to feel kind of like myself. Um, and you know, the bummer is a lot of that overshadowed. Here's the reason why binge eating and why the lizard brain and all of that, um, is so damaging is, you know, my son was here. I hadn't seen him since Christmas. He was here for just, you know, two nights, three days and two nights. And so was my niece and her boyfriend. And I enjoyed it and I had a lot of good times with him. But the days that I was not binge eating, I remember clearly and I had a best time, the best time. But the days that I gave in and was binge eating, all I, I was consumed by it. My brain with that shame, with that preoccupation of, can I burn this off and what did I do? And so I wasn't paying any attention to the moments in front of me because I was consumed with food, food, food. <laughs> binge eating, binge eating, where's the cookies? Is this a day one? Should I just cram a little bit more in and have a final supper? It totally stole my life from me. And that is the danger of the lizard brain being in control. Because the lizard brain doesn't care about me spending time with my son. The lizard brain just wants to eat. Is Kristen craving something? We must satisfy that. Kristen cannot be uncomfortable. That's what the lizard brain says. So, and then eating that stuff, the lizard brain isn't settled. It's not enough. It's what else can I get in before the day is over so that I can start over tomorrow. And it totally distracted from the time that I have with my son. It stole. I let that part of my brain just control and therefore I Kristen my heart and my soul missed out on what I really wanted which was to bond and spend time with my son the whole time and we did have a wonderful time it wasn't the whole time like that but the chunks of time where I fell in the ditch I was all consumed and I was no good to them and the love I have for them and the fact that they were here didn't get absorbed by me that is the shame that is the sadness of being controlled by our whims and not controlling our whims. And so again, like I said, it was a total lesson for me of the whole reason why it's so important to lock up that pig, that lizard brain, to make food rules, to make plans for food that you can live with forever so you don't have to use your mental and emotional energy on food or shame. It's so powerful. Have you noticed at the grocery store that the protein bar section has just become a whole aisle? Protein bars are a huge industry and they're a staple in your diet. If you are trying to hit your protein goal, you're following a specific diet plan, so many of us use protein bars to supplement as snacks, as desserts, or just to get that extra protein bump. What you won't find in the grocery store are Built Bars. Built Bars are available online at builtbar.com. There are 18 different flavors, and these are unlike any protein bar that you have had before, I promise you. The texture is what sets them apart. They're a chewy nougat 
covered in 100% real chocolate. They have 18 flavors and they have built bars that have nuts and built bars that do not have nuts. So the calories vary depending on the flavor you choose, but they all have between 17 and 19 grams of protein and all of them are under 180 calories. My favorite flavor for sure is raspberry, which is a raspberry nougat covered in amazing dark chocolate. Warm it up in the microwave for about 15 seconds and I eat it as dessert. It's delicious. Randy's favorite is cookies and cream. It's amazing, a, a delicious chocolate flavor, also really good warmed up. The cookies and cream, 130 calories with 17 grams of protein and only four grams of sugar. So these are really great if you're low carb, if you're watching your sugar intake, but you need that protein bump. I highly recommend that you give them a try. You can use my code DESTINATIONBEGIN for 10% off. They have free shipping on all of their orders, and they also offer shipping protection for under a dollar that will make sure that your protein bars do not melt in transit. Highly recommend that. So give them a try today. They have a 100% money-back guarantee, but I promise you're going to love them. So the main thing that I want to get across here is... None of us have it all figured out forever. And when it comes to managing our weight, our weight loss journey, or if we're on one, or we're at our goal weight and we're maintaining, is to remember the basics and to go back to the basics if we need to. I fell in the mud. And the only way to get out, number one, I didn't get out right away. Sometimes we fall down and, and it takes us time. We, we get up, we start to stand, and we fall back down. And we start to stand and we fall back down. Or maybe we stand up, we take a couple steps, and we fall down. That was my experience this past couple of weeks. It doesn't mean I'm a bad person or I'm a weak person. It was just that difficult. And I had to continue to fight and say, okay, today what I had planned did not work. I did not stay strong in my resolve to follow my rules. What's wrong? What's wrong with my rule? Is my rule not going to serve me? Is my attitude not going to serve me? What I found is that I had to completely intentionally put truth in my brain to overcome the lies. The lies that I was believing that I needed to bounce back perfectly. That I needed to be an example of how to come off a bikini show prep. That I needed to show everyone that I could do this because I'm a coach and that I have all the answers. And if I don't, then I'm a fraud. That's a lie. I don't have to do this perfectly. I'm just a person. And this is just as hard for me as it's going to be for me. And I don't have to do anything perfectly. Would I like to look back and say, wow, that was a walk in the park? Sure. But I would have not learned so much in the last couple of weeks. And so... And then the numbers on the scale and the food and all of those things. It was just so consuming that I had to be intentional. And I wrote down, like I said, all of those mantras, the things I love about myself, the things other people love about me. I asked other people, what do people love about you? And I listened to their answer. And then I asked people, what do you love about you? And I started to turn my brain to to that topic of what really matters about each of us. And the more time that I spent in that space, focusing on what really matters, the less energy and time I had to think about food and the number on the scale and what was happening to my body. And I started to get my head and my heart 
back to what matters most. I started writing random act of kindness cards again en masse and writing messages in them um, to the stranger that I envisioned on the street that needed to be hugged and loved on. And then I stopped and thought, oh, I read what I wrote to that stranger and I applied it to me. And I made it a love note to me. And I just took my eyes as much as I could. And it took time and it wasn't overnight. And it was a lot of work, but I had to shift my brain off of food and keep saying, it's just food. You don't need to eat again. You don't need to binge on that. You also need to hyper-restrict that. The other thing is I wanted to hyper-restrict. Go back to prep diet. In fact, I texted my coach and said, you know what? I want to do another show. I think I want to do another show. I should just do that. And he said, I don't, I don't think you should do that. He's smart. He's like, no, your body needs a break. It's not healthy to be this lean. You need to put some weight on. You know, you can get back to lifting. I promise you, you're going to like the way you look as a normal person. You're going to lift weights. You're going to have muscles. You're going to be a healthy weight that you can maintain. I don't think you should do another show. Here's your macros. I think you should follow this. And he was 100% right. Calm me down. Okay. I can eat food. I can eat enough food. Um, So it wasn't just that I wanted to binge all the time. I wanted to binge and hyper-restrict, just like I used to do. Neither one of those things work. They don't work. If you're hyper-restricting, you will binge. Period. It's just, we have to find ways to eat as human beings that serve us. Period. And hyper-restricting. For 20 weeks, I was able to do it. But it wasn't sustainable because of the pendulum swing. So I just want you to remember that sometimes when we fall down, we have to put in a lot of work. Sometimes it's just as much work as day one originally to get back up on our feet. I don't know that I'll fall in the ditch that hard again for a while, but if I do, now I have fresh experience on how to get out. And now I have more insight and information from my experience to help my clients when they fall in the ditch because I was just there because I always say, I am you and you are me. I'm in this space because this is my life. I don't want to be obese again. I don't want to be stage weight again. In the moment, I loved it. And looking back at it, you know, for a couple of days, I was like, wow, I love it. Now, three weeks out, I look back and say, oh my gosh, I don't want to be that weight again. I don't want to be 137 pounds with no anything on me. I look in the mirror now and I think, okay, I can see my eyes. I can see the lightness in my face. I can still see my muscle, but I've got more meat on my bones. I feel healthy and I look healthy. I don't want to go back to feeling that way. I don't want to go back to looking that way. It was a moment in time and it was fun. Awesome. But I have a new perspective on the lizard brain doesn't die. We only can cage it. And when you cage it for a long time, you get really good at caging it. And, it, and the rattles in the cage become less effective. But when you let that puppy out, <laughs> oh boy, have I experienced it. So I'm going to wrap up here. I'm not going to do a super long episode on this. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. I just want you to understand um, that never binge again, that food rules and sustainable lifestyles 
is the only way to live your life without food ruling you. And then if you fall down, you can get back up. When you fall down, you don't have to get up right away in order to be a good person. And you should never stop trying to stand up on your feet and keep moving. It's always worth it. In the grand scheme on your deathbed, you are not going to remember a couple of months here or there where you struggled. You're only going to know if you got up and continued moving on. These last three weeks are not going to count in the grand scheme of my life's trajectory because I got back up. And if I'd stayed down, it could have changed the whole story of my life. And I'm not willing to ever do that. So never stay down. Fight, fight, fight to get back up. And just remember, you're worth it. And none of this is indicative of a character flaw. It's just food. Food is powerful. Our lizard brain is powerful. But in the end, you, I, am more powerful. Period. That's all I have for you today in this episode. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for sharing this podcast and these episodes that you love. Thank you for sharing them directly with your friends, with your social media. It means the world to me when I see online that you've shared this podcast. The best way for you to share it, honestly, is to send a link directly to somebody that you think would get something out of this podcast. Because saying, hey, I have a podcast for you is great. But sending a link where they just have to click is much more powerful and makes it easier on them. So send them a link. You can do that through iTunes, through Spotify, through Anchor. It's really easy. Also, if you could let me know, I would just love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what you learned or what you felt when you were listening to this episode or any of my episodes. You can find me on Instagram. I'm destination underscore begin. Send me a message there or leave a comment. You can also leave a review on iTunes. Leave a five-star review would be so great. Um, And you can also email me, Kristen, at DestinationBegin.com.